Welcome to our podcast, We Got the Nod. A new and bold internet radio show designed for those who are on a conscious path of awakening. We are here to uplift and inspire you, to share practical tools and techniques to assist you stepping into your highest expression as spirit having a human experience. We will get raw and real, sharing kundalini yoga, music, poetry, and mantra, and so much more. Let us open our hearts and minds to our true potential, making the impossible possible, the surreal real. Let's begin. Welcome to We Got the Nod Internet Radio with your hosts, Hari Ram and Satkirtan. I'm so happy, excited about tonight's podcast because I get to interview Satkirtan Kaur. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. That's good, right? It's nighttime. We were speaking about the dimensional shift that happens between day and night. Significance. And something came up tonight that for me is in some ways new, not entirely. It's also exciting in that sense because having been together for well over two years now, without... (laughs) spending a day apart. Um, It's fun to to still discover new things, especially significant stories like this one that I want to (laughs) hear more about. It has to do with water, the water element, which is what we share. We both come from the water (laughs) in many ways, (laughs) more ways than one. We are the same tribe, Namos. To the Mer people, serious. <laughs> in an intimate relationship, be it between lovers, siblings, working relationships, professional relationships, the willingness and the ability to be honest with one another is essential to a healthy, thriving relationship, enterprise, what have you. And so... Said Kirtan tonight, affirming her guardianship over her water bottle, her <laughs> sovereignty over her water bottle, was, was quite interesting. And it was not a turn off, that's for sure. It was, it was a turn on. It was a turn on. Um, <laughs> Very serious about it. Startling my water in a sense. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's fun to see that serious side because we're very playful together <laughs> much of the time. Uh, not all the time. <laughs> when you catch me off guard like that, it's it's always you know, fun and, and startling sometimes. <laughs> so, and then it came up the deeper story that you have a very special relationship with water, and specifically with your water bottle. So can you say something about that? 
for audience? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when it started. I mean, maybe as an infant, but um, I mean, it's possible, bottle. But particularly my college years. The beginning of my college years, I actually did an expedition in the wilderness of Wyoming for a month. And of course, at that time is when I procured my first water bottle. (laughs) (laughs) It was an Nalgene. I'm sure you're familiar, like the one liter Nalgene, you know, super durable. It could fall (laughs) off a cliff, hit five rocks on the way down. And still it's like solid and it's got your water in it. Doesn't leak in the backpack. It's super solid. And that's what I used at the time. Of course, that was before the whole BPA thing came out. And then they started making BPA-free ones. And then everybody's like, well, you shouldn't drink out of plastic altogether. And then eventually it evolved into, oh, I had glass ones at one point. Now it's steel. Um, You never had one of those ones from Switzerland that has the copper on the inside? No, I didn't have one of those. I was really into the Nalgene back in the day. And, of course, began an expedition, water is life. And so carrying that water bottle, I yeah. think, first is when it started. And then... Well, this is, I want to just okay. point this, yeah, to emphasize this. I think this is an important part of the story, in that saying this was your first real experience with a water bottle. And it was, in a way, very real ways, life and death. It's, uh-huh. it's a, a wilderness expedition. Yeah, we had yeah. The little drops of iodine. So we'd literally, mm. literally collect mm. the water from the mm. river. You know, we'd pick the nice clear spot where the water was flowing over rocks and it was moving. Mm. And we'd mm. collect the water mm. and put the drops in, wait 15 minutes or boil it. Sometimes we boiled it over the cook stove. Yeah, water takes on a whole new meaning then, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And your container. Yes. And remembering now, too, on that expedition, it was the wilderness of Wyoming, even though it was over the summer solstice, we still had snow. I actually got caught in a blizzard for three days. We had to just hunker down and sleep on snow. And the only thing that kept me from, like, dying in the night of <laughs> frostbite <laughs> was my water bottle. Because we'd, wow. we'd boil the water, ah, and then we put perfect. the boiling water in the water bottle, and then put the water bottle in the mm. sleeping bag down by yeah. our feet, so it would keep our perfect. feet warm. Perfect. And But we had to remember to take it out once it wasn't warm anymore. Because oh, at some point, cold? the heat transfer goes, because the heat transfer in the bottle, if it's warmer than the outside, it'll transfer to the outside. But then once the water gets the temperature of the air it'll reverse and it'll actually start to take water or heat from their body (laughs) into the water. So yeah, I always had to wake up in the middle of the night and remember to take out the water bottle at some point. Was it sometimes almost too hot when you put it in your sleeping bag? No, I don't get too hot. (laughs) So then into my college years, I experimented quite a bit with psychedelics and um, my friends and I would go out to uh, Swanee music festivals (laughs) which were really magical. Just um, a lot of bluegrass and Sound Tribe Sector 9 and uh, <laughs> all these amazing sounds that would be just coming out of the forest. And it was in mm. the live oak forest of Florida, northern Florida, mm-hmm. north central Florida. And it was right on the Suwannee River. It was just magical. And so we would take mushrooms at night and then um, we'd go on little, like, adventures because there's different stages all going on at the same time with all these trees in between. And there was a little 
pond with some swans that were super psychedelic and trippy at the time. Mm. <laughs> and we'd go commune with the swans and all these things. But when we left camp, because we'd camp out mm. there, we always say, okay, what are you going to bring with you? And everybody would grab one item. Like that was kind mm-hmm. of like the mm-hmm. the game or the rule. All right, everybody grab one item. What do you take with you? Mm-hmm. And some friends would take more drugs, or they would take <laughs> um, some light up toys, or a hula hoop, or wait, for me. Take, wait, wait. Couldn't you take more drugs and something else? <laughs> <laughs> some people did. Fair. Some people did. But for me, I took this very seriously, and I really thought to myself, okay, I need to take just one thing. And that might not have been the rule, but that's how my mind interpreted. So I always took my water bottle. I filled water. I got. I made sure I had my water bottle, and it was always on me, all through college. I mean, even when mm-hmm. I was not tripping. And you and had one for a long time. Did you get attached to certain water bottles? Yeah, I can like literally probably draw you <laughs> my collection throughout <laughs> the years and how it evolved. I think a lot of people can relate to this. The water. They practically had names. <laughs> they were my friends. They were. <laughs> I had some beautiful water bottles, the mm-hmm. Swiss ones with the, the copper interior. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, no, I wouldn't get in that. I wasn't about the beauty. It was they more were good, the but the water tasted good. I felt this type of water bottle, the technology is quite advanced. It didn't have any filter. The design and, and the materials that they used, <clears throat> including a copper interior. Uh, so there was some insulation factor, too, which mm-hmm. is good for the cold mm-hmm. and warm. I felt it enhanced the flavor of the water. The oh, yeah, the copper vibration. is yeah. really good. Too. Vibration. It always comes back to vibration. And this is also interesting. I just want to mention that. Uh-huh. Um, we haven't yet spoken about psychedelics um, in public, really, on a podcast, for example. So this is also kind of exciting for me. <laughs> Because we both have some past experience, past lives, exploring those realms, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad that we're both past that now. <laughs> yes. So the water bottle became part of me. It became something I took everywhere, especially on campus. I would take it to every single class. It was always in my backpack. And for me, it was all about practicality. It was what's the bottle that can carry the most amount of water, but with the least <laughs> amount of weight and not leak. Man, I had, yeah, just like few bottles that leaked and out they went Mm -hmm. i was willing to spend you know more money if i needed to the last bottle i had you actually saw it was gas type because before that i had bottles that were leaking and it was starting to drive me crazy why did you sell that one you sold it didn't you yeah well it was made out of aluminum (laughs) and it was a clean canteen brown with a silver metal top with this the top was about three inches long, like high from the liter itself. So it was like a full liter brown bottle. And then the cap and the, the, the three inch cap had two rubber seals, like really thick silicone seals and a clasp that literally clanked down and then like down, like my clanked up and then down. My experience <laughs> of that water bottle it felt always kind of felt like it was army <laughs> ordinance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something you get in the military. <laughs> yeah, just I was so sick of leaking that I ended up getting this. It was thirty dollars. I remember I got an REI in um, Atlanta, Georgia, passing through on some on the way to, I guess North Carolina. Or, or no, it was actually uh, Chattanooga. On, on, a way, on my way to Chattanooga, 
and I knew I would be hiking and stuff, so I needed a good water bottle. And um, I didn't really want the gas-tight one, but that was the best option they had in the store at the time, because the other options, I think, were just like the plastic Nalgene's, and I had, you know, gone through that phase already. It's beyond that. And so, yeah, I decided to get this bottle. And uh, the only thing is, is it was aluminum. So <laughs> I'd put it in the side of my backpacks and it would fall out often. Now, the Nalgene's would fall out and they'd hit rocks. And like I said, they wouldn't break. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't dent mm-hmm. nothing. Um, but the aluminum would, would dent. This one has some dents in it. It has quite a few dents in it. <laughs> So many that it couldn't even stand up right. And I wish I could say it's because, you know, it fell off a cliff 50 feet in the air and, you know, know, had some major accident associated with it. Or, you know, not an accident, but, you know, some some good story. But it was like walking into an Airbnb in Portland, Oregon, and just it hit the stoop. (laughs) So would we be safe to say that you perhaps had and even still do have some emotional attachment to your water bottle (laughs) given our circumstance tonight i would say yes (laughs) (laughs) i mean there are some practical reasons which i understand and accept here that our source of water is a short and meaningful distance from the living area inside here (laughs) so yeah i appreciate this and Rock climbing, when you speak about these water bottles and camping, and I'm reminded of your rock climbing days, which, of course, were before we met. We haven't done any rock climbing, per se, together, and certainly not with the, what do you call it, the ropes and pulley, or ropes and pins? Well, on belay, or, yeah. Yeah, something I've never done, actually, before. You know, I love climbing mountains. So this is also a part of your past that I know there's some passion there too and I love passion. And tell us, tell me something that perhaps that you haven't shared <laughs> and for our audience, but rock climbing. Must have some great mm. memories, stories. So yeah, I'm reminded of a poem I actually wrote about the experience of rock climbing, like what it feels like to be on rock. And the gist of it, I don't remember the details, but the gist is going through the challenge, you know, maybe the, the legs are shaking, the muscles are twitching, the fingers are bleeding, you're on this rock, this hard face. But ultimately, the poem ends as just be like water and flow over the rock. And the rock mm. teaches you how to move with it if you just get out of the head and just flow with it. And then all of a sudden... The fears are gone, the the holds that are next available, best available, become just visible out of nowhere, and you just flow with it. You be Mm. like water, and then all of a sudden you're sending. Sending? Sending is short for ascending. It's rock climbing (laughs) slang. (laughs) Oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, the other interesting (laughs) thing that came through with the water bottle, and it was years later, actually, when I started doing kundalini yoga. Once I started doing kundalini yoga for a few months, after regular practice, I became obsessed with containers. <laughs> and then my Aquarius in your chart, <laughs> well, my father's Aquarius. <laughs> now me, no. 
Cancer, yes. Um, <laughs> and other water signs. But. Maybe you have issues with Aquarians, like your father, for example. <laughs> <laughs> well, water, I mean, I worked as a water engineer for 15 years. Yes, um, which is very much about containment. Isn't containment. It? Um, I, I de- designed water treatment plants, um, tanks, pumps, pipes. <laughs> and then you, you even probably laid some pipe yourself. Didn't you? No, but I did oversee laying a pipe. <laughs> I was the engineer on the job. I, engineers don't yeah? actually touch did the Did you have to wear a helmet? Project, when you're on yeah, the I had to wear a helmet, the vest, the boots. Protective steel, vest. The steel toed boots. <laughs> <laughs> I had to inspect. I was like, inspector. So yeah, after my days of water engineering, I then found Kundalini Yoga, and then it felt like I was cleaning the internal pipes of my own energy system. And with that, too, building my own capacity to hold more energy. And energy and water are one and the same. When I, when I studied circuits, I didn't get it until I finally, my teacher, you know, sat me down and says, just think of it as water and pipes. And then all of a sudden it made sense. It was like, oh, electrons moving through wire and resistors and all this is the same thing as water moving through pipes and tanks and valves and all that it it just they're the same energy in motion uh, molecules moving through space that's one of the things that attracted me to the chinese traditional chinese medicine viewpoint of meridians the nadis Mm -hmm. they call them channels Mm -hmm. all the metaphors are about water in the chinese system i love it yeah and that's when I finally was able to pass my electronics class is when I finally <laughs> just in, reinterpreted electrons and electricity as water. And then, it, mm. yeah, then it clicked. And so with Kundalini Yoga, working on the internal nadis and channels and cleaning and clearing and building that capacity and that container, that word container just... Well, it wasn't even the word. It was just the concept. And it wasn't even that. It was a logical thing. It was just I was I would go into grocery stores and I would spend majority of the time in the container section just admiring and in awe of all the different options for containers. And <laughs> looking at the containers I have in my home and, like, switching them out. And I switched mm. out my water bottle at that time. I actually went to a glass one. And... Um, Mm. I had a very special glass one with this green, like, plastic kind of protector on it. Mm. And uh, started putting mm. stickers on it. And was just, like, way more conscious about... Glass is really good. Yeah, and it. it takes more consciousness to not break it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, my metal one that I was <laughs> dropping all over the place. You know, glass, you can't drop at all. No. And, no. of course, I did end up dropping a few of them. But, <laughs> um, yeah, containers, it was... I was just so drawn to containers. I'd go into someone's house and it was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I'd see their containers of things mm-hmm. and just like kind of, just way more awareness around containers. This episode is brought to you by Namos, original innovative Kirtan experience. Join the growing global community. Namos fuses ancient mantra traditions with diverse world music genres. There is no other mantra music quite like this. We have multiple recordings available online for download. For more information, go to www.namos.space. That's N-O-M-M-O-S dot 
space. And now back to the podcast. WGTN Guatemala. I want to ask, <clears throat> I've had maybe a little more practice living in the forest in Quebec all those years, just being naked a lot outside, inside, wherever, and even with friends, certain friends around, or even strangers. <laughs> it's about respect, you know, and we've been exploring more nudity again here, like we did when we had our lovely terrace in San Cristobal de las Casas for a whole year. We could, we could be naked on the terrace here, again, after not having this opportunity so much for seven months, again, we were allowed to be outside in yeah. sky-clad, in our full <laughs> nakedness. Does this so feel... liberating. Yeah, does it feel new for you in a way, sharing that with, with your partner, the freedom that we share, the nakedness, being together like Adam and Eve? Together? Yeah, no, it's definitely new. It started in Chiapas, definitely. Mm-hmm. But it feels so natural. <laughs> I'm just embracing mm-hmm. it with mm-hmm. full gratitude and mm-hmm. just the beauty to be able to do it. It's mm-hmm. just grateful for the opportunity. It's, I think it's too rare for a lot of people. Even with their intimates, people that they... Remember, they, my, my first time on a nude beach was with you. Mm-hmm. Not a year ago, maybe. When we were in uh, Zipolite. And yeah, it took a little bit to fully unclothe, but it happened within two days. By the second day, I was folded fully naked on the beach in public. <laughs> with lots of people around, walking the beach, yes. swimming. Like, I... Once I got naked, yeah. it was it was over. I'm like, okay, you this just, is the way I want to be. It just felt too good to yes. care. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And with you, I feel so comfortable. I mean, it's not. It doesn't feel awkward in any way. It's beautiful. I want I want to share this experience with others, not just couples too, because you know, to be in our our nakedness alone, first of all, is be quite mm-hmm. a challenge just to really see yourself in the mirror naked <clears throat> and then to, to have that same aloneness sharing with your intimates with strangers too and to be mm-hmm. like you said on, on that beach for me it was very liberating when I first went to a new beach in Vancouver this coast and since then I've, I've taking every opportunity because for me it's the only way wearing bathing suit having to dress on the beach and especially in the ocean lake <laughs> for me it's sacrilege <laughs> swimming <laughs> nylon and shit you know. so yeah I think this is very special and I'm grateful that freedom that you've shown me being naked with me in the house out in the garden on the beach Thank you. Yeah, and it reminds you of like the Puritan way. <laughs> Only make love with the lights off. Yes. You know, some <laughs> cultures even shower with shorts on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they never see, they never even allow themselves to be naked with themselves. Nevertheless, be naked with another person. So, yeah, I'm very grateful as well. Life is meant to enjoy it. It's supposed to be a celebration, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> you taught me when you said early when come together life is a feeling thing that's it do what feels good and you never be led astray 
Joseph Campbell says, follow your bliss and doors will open where they were none before. Mm. And having lived that now for a few years and seen my life radically change and altered for the best, best, <laughs> best of the best, beyond my wildest dreams of <laughs> no doubt now. And mm. it's all based on feeling, inner guidance. It's always there. It's always accessible and it's always dead on. And so I have a personal rule. If it's not hell, yes, full body, yes. hell yes, then it's a no. The divine principle, correctly, from my point of view, it is the male's responsibility to uplift his queen in a certain way. It is reciprocated, absolutely. But the, the reciprocation for me is mainly her, in this case, your enjoyment of our togetherness, our shared experience. My joy is purely your bliss, your enchantment. Nothing gives me more pleasure, satisfaction to, to see and feel your bliss, absolute <laughs> joy and oneness with all existence. Me as your witness, thank you, my love, companion. And that's where it comes full circle for me in this conversation because we started saying this whole conversation about the water bottle started with me like getting really firm in my. Mm -hmm attachment if you will I don't, I don't know what it really means but whatever the case may be i am very firm about my boundaries with my water bottle yes. but it's because i feel safe and held by his divine by your <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. divine masculine mm -hmm. that i feel safe enough to express that mm -hmm. in a way that is actually heard and received and, and honored and then it opens the door for the deeper conversation of, well, what is this all about? But <laughs> Again, we feel safe enough with each other that we can have that conversation. So I'm very grateful. At some point, we might go deeper in speaking directly about red tantra, sexual tantra. This metaphor is very powerful. This divine principle, masculine and feminine, can be easily expressed in the sex act itself. The male supporting the female, supporting her orgasm, which is the ultimate orgasmic experience for the man. My humorous way of saying this, describing this dynamic, is that the ideal partner for a woman in every way, and specifically, in this case, sexually, is a man who possesses a firm lingam and a soft heart. Do you agree? Suckers. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> the Red Tantra is worth addressing and needs to be addressed directly, indirectly, metaphor, what have you, and yet will not be addressed by anyone, I feel, who hasn't, again, severed those energetic ties with the parents, both parents, and what they represent in terms of society, morality, you know? Mm -hmm. In a case like this, we might feel hesitant, even completely blocked in discussing anything to do with sexual intercourse, for example. And why, why should it? I think it's why a lot of people, myself for sure, why I admire people like Margot Anand, right. um, Anais Nin. They're re revered around the world. Yeah. People like this because of their freedom and their courage, which is of the heart again, 
the courage to share their truth, their most intimate truths. Yeah. That's inspiring millions. Absolutely, because it's, it's freedom. Often we feel blocked in our voices with certain things because we're afraid all our secrets are just going to start flying out. <laughs> mm-hmm. We start to sing or talk about or um, mm-hmm. we just open our mouth, like all the secrets are just going to come flying out. So that's, uh, yes. Speaking of sexual intimacy, following on that thread is, is similar to being nude. We already spoke about nudity, being comfortable in our nudity with one another, even strangers. Mm-hmm. And thus, again, coming back to the secrets, as you again mentioned, our ability to reveal our psyche, our, our mm. thoughts and our feelings, to be truly mm. naked and exposed. Well, I can in hear it in my own, just listening to myself here in this podcast, when you ask me about rock climbing and all these different things, and water bottles, I'm just pre-bottled a little bit, I could speak for days on it, and then the minute you start talking about the sexual part, or um, our deep intimacy, I, I kind of, I feel my throat closing down, and kind of like swallowing, <laughs> and I'm more silent, and I'm, I'm just recognizing that in myself, feeling into this right now, and the only way I'm going to get comfortable talking <laughs> yeah. about this is to mm-hmm. do it. And then how good it feels like on the beach yeah. when I was getting Take naked for the clothes. first time in public. Mm-hmm. It was scary the first day. I didn't do it. But the second day, I finally got the nerve to <laughs> take it all off. And it felt so good. I couldn't keep <laughs> my clothes back on. I couldn't put them back on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. It's, it's just getting over that fear it's just in the mind and it's um so i'm I'm, op- I'm open to practicing with you all and that's why this podcast is uh, part of our own process too definitely for me of getting more comfortable because this is triggering important and important what i feel very important thought and subject sub topic in this realm for men specifically which is the erection mm-hmm. uh, we already spoke about the hard-hearted man who may lose his erection may have to resort to viagra other supplements as if he cannot perform he cannot achieve a hard lingam without right, these stimulants to be comfortable the erection comfortable talking about erection i know part of it was feeling comfortable say if it happens at a nude beach if a man's lying on his back, sunbathing, it's quite possible. Maybe he has a fantasy, just the feeling of the salt air and the breeze from the ocean. There's sunshine and skin. It's enough to come arouse. What's he going to do then? What would you do? It could happen during massage, even receiving massage from another man. What would you do, honey, now? Lying on a <laughs> public beach naked, enjoying the sun. <sighs> Get aroused. Well, I would like to do absolutely nothing but enjoy it. <laughs> and it, it depends, again, on the, on the circumstances. Like, so I am sensitive. So perhaps it is something, some maybe residue of connection with my own biological parents, what they represent. Or maybe it's just beyond that societal thing. But especially being in a foreign country, as we are now, I'm still somewhat new at this game, even though I've traveled a bit in my life. Certainly visited different communities. It's, it's about respect for me, respecting the community. And it's a fine 
balance and dance because I want to respect myself at the same time, not feel restricted so much. Freedom for me is the highest value. Sometimes we need to move away, physically move away from our parents, our community, for this reason, whether it has to do with sex or freeing ourselves in some way to have more autonomy. Yeah, yeah, just to do the work that I want to do in this world, I felt I needed to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm too easily influenced, I could say, or was, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's part of the process of gaining that sovereignty and commitment to my own path without interference because I cared too much about what they think and what they perceive and the questions they were asking. I just I had to cut it out completely in order to mm-hmm. really find my own truth there. From my perspective, I feel like it, you've done really well. I know your communication with mm-hmm. your parents has developed and evolved in a lot of ways. In the last yeah, it's years. shifted major. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's hard because when I left Florida... And all that I knew and created there. It was like committing suicide in a big way. I mean, it was leaving behind all that I worked towards (laughs) that 33 years of life. Uh, Just kind of completely cutting all those ties of all that I was working towards so that I could create something completely new. And at the same time, something I'd been cultivating within, but I hadn't outwardly expressed any of that it was very much like my inner secret and so when that came out and then physically dropping everything to pursue that inner secret (laughs) that now became very public it was yeah very much like a suicide and for me it was freedom it was finally committing suicide a rebirth (laughs) there taking my life and we you know we have a whole series on suicide here to get more perspective on um on that mm-hmm. taking life into my own hands and so in a way my family was mourning the death of the caterpillar of who I was and all the conditioning and all the norms that I was operating from um, and who that person was And then now this other person who's taken life into her own hands and is flourishing, acting out from these inner fantasies and dreams that she's been cultivating over all these years, my whole life, really. Yeah, it was secret. They didn't know that. So from from the outside, what they saw is she just threw her life away, you know. And then they were mourning the death of that person that they thought they knew. When in reality, I was just shedding the illusion that I was putting on just to make everybody happy and to play the game and, um, you know, not upset the apple cart and just do what society said I needed to do because that's supposedly what's going to make me happy and all those things. Once I finally dropped that, I was free to be the butterfly that I really am. <laughs> so I'm here celebrating the butterfly. They're mourning the caterpillar. <laughs> and that, that was a big disconnect because they're like, how can you be so happy when you've hurt us so much? You know, or yes. when we're in so much pain. And, and so it took me a while, too, to really understand their perspective and honor the feelings that they're going through in the mourning process as well. Speaking of the butterfly, this brings me back to 
Red Tantra, mm -hmm. Eros, having spent the better part of nine summers in the forest, deep forest off the grid in Quebec, I was in it. I wasn't going to it. I was living in that Eros. I was surrounded by it. I immersed myself fully. <laughs> it was like learning a language. I, I did full immersion. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't the first time. This is more you know, intense, full on for this nine years. And it became more and more evident what I've been feeling for years and seeing getting glimpses that all of nature is erotic. The butterflies, mm. the birds, everything. Sorry. It is all about sex and beyond. It is about mm. innocence and celebration again. <laughs> and, and yet somehow humans, the one exception to the rule, <laughs> we've been hoodwinked. And this is the very root of our, our master class, which is the, the what we secrets. created, the five mm -hmm. secrets to, Check to engage, without joining another matchmaking to attract and our, our tribe, our students, people who, who are ready for this deep, transformative work, <clears throat> play, which is life-affirming and, as you described beautifully, life-changing in the most beautiful ways. Mm -hmm. Why is it that humans are so hung up about this? It's fascinating. Well, it comes, I feel, from the guilt or shame mm -hmm. for feeling good. Like a, mm -hmm. a feeling of guilt for having pleasure, for having bliss, for feeling happy even. Some people just can't allow themselves to feel happy. They feel too guilty if they feel happy because other people are suffering. And so who gives them the right to be happy? And we have this world of extremes now where... I call it pornographic, um, mainstream music, if you can call it that, someone like Miley Cyrus or whatever her name is, those kind of performers. It's all about the sensationalism. It's usually very, quote-unquote, erotic. You know, I don't even call it eros. It, it has an ugly pornographic vibe to it, you know? It's either that or this kind of Puritan thing, right? Mm -hmm. There's no in-between what I'm describing mm -hmm. when I say Eros is something quite different. It's, again, and those are the two norms that are accepted by society. Yes. Both of those are accepted. But yeah. It's the in-between that's... <laughs> so I feel very strongly about this. It's like I've been waiting for you to come along, someone with whom I feel naturally that way and it's totally comfortable and, and easy and there's no effort... And I have this protective side, so it's, it's, I'm speaking as much about my own evolution with this Capricorn, proud, love nature. So that's part of my challenge, in a sense, is becoming more free, like the last golden era. It's one of the things for me that, one of the main things that marks the golden era, the era of organic evolution, human consciousness, is that sexual mores kind of dissolve. It's more freedom, sexual freedom, more creative freedom. And again, our fascination, mine with ancient cultures in India and the Orient that spawned the most beautiful art ever created by humans. Mm. And those temples in India and the Kama Sutra, and those ancient uh, Oriental paintings and drawings. Orgiastic, often gardens with lovers everywhere. 
sometimes joining together in small or large groups. But everyone's connected, you know, like, like those ceremonies, those pagan rituals you read about in the midst of Avalon. Mm-hmm. There's a freedom again, because it is our na- we are part animal to have a physical body. It is natural to be erotic. And, and there's no need to, to hide and feel guilty. <laughs> really quite laughable when we think about it. <laughs> Yeah, it's energy flowing, mm-hmm. and we can either let it flow, flow with it, or try to suppress it and stop mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't feel good. It's a resistance. For me, the proliferation right. of or pornography, which has become quite ugly in recent years, decades even, as opposed to what could have been, which for me, I, I like to call it erotic art, something very different. In any culture, say, that has, especially to that degree of pornography, this type of almost violent sexual, is a direct representation, a response to the same society that's out of balance and, and collectively feeling guilt and shame about their sexuality. Or, to say it another way, that in the healthy, harmonious society, there is no pornography. It just vanishes because everyone's free to express in the highest way their own sensuality and to share it. Yeah, so many people are addicted to pornography, even, mm. and secretly mm-hmm. looking at it on their phones while they're at work. Mm-hmm. You know, when the girlfriend looks away, they're looking at it on their phone. It's like this dopamine mm. hit in the brain, and they're just mm. addicted to it. Well, if it was art, as I describe it, there would be no need for secrecy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and that art is its helping people see the deeper meaning of sex mm-hmm. and the, as an exchange of energy, as an honoring of the sacred feminine, divine masculine, mm-hmm. and it's actually helping people rise above just the physical, you know, bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, I think... It helps to alleviate those addictions in the way mm-hmm. that it's a more healthy expression of elevating the consciousness around it. And so then mm-hmm. it's more free and it's channeled in a better way. And that art helps to inspire that perspective as opposed mm-hmm. to pornography that's out there today. Well, again, I think why we're in, we were both inspired to create this Soul to Soulmate program, this modern scenario where people are having casual sex, sex among friends, what have you. Again, for me, as a measure of an unhealthy society, it is pornographic, again, in the sense, when people have sex in this way. Totally yeah, unnecessary. It's become, it's become the norm. It's become yeah. totally socially acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just look at mm. Sex in the City yes. show. <laughs> yeah, we see it in the media. Movies, yeah. yeah. We want to show people another way where the heart, true passion, hardlingham, soft heart. And for the female to open, to receive, and being held and trusting her own ability to express her own boundaries, her own sovereignty, so that she feels safe enough to really open and receive and be able to flow with those orgasmic states that can be so much 
more powerful than um, what we're led to believe through mm. the pornography that's out there. Mm. But these waves of multiple orgasms mm. and higher states of consciousness ex- accessible through orgasm and yeah, sex magic and all that. But it takes really feeling safe and first and foremost within oneself. And then with her partner so that she can truly open and surrender to the energies and ride those waves. Two vessels on the merging to one vessel. Are you talking about containers again? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the vessels have to be matched in a way too, is what I find. By the neurological system, both parties... Mm-hmm. need to have a certain ability to hold energy in their nervous system, in their nadis, in their channels. Mm-hmm. And they have to be matched in that so that when mm-hmm. they come together, it's it's whole and complete within mm-hmm. themselves, and then they can share that in a very mm-hmm. conscious way. Symbiotic. And no one's feeding off of anyone else's energy. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's matched mutual. mutual. Yeah, and it's interesting when we speak about vessels for me because I often describe the body as a temple for the soul. Temple is another type of vessel. And in Red Tantra, I think it's important to have that awareness too. The sacred vessel through which the vital energy life force flows. And these two vessels can merge as one one temple for the the souls to dance together and to merge. Cosmic bliss. Mm-hmm. Looking at dreaming in a new reality, to me, the ideal is everyone on this planet, every human being, accessing that empowerment, if you will, that sovereignty to take back their own power and claim their birthright to bliss. Absolutely. And living from that space of where it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And not being offended or not feeling like you have to do something, no obligations. And, and honoring that in one another, accepting that in one another, accepting that we all have different opinions. And that's just, that's fine. We agree to disagree and we go on our way. And because that's your bliss and this is my bliss. So that's your truth and this is my truth. And just honoring that in one another because each of us has fully embodied our empowerment and our sovereignty that's the new right. world that i am dreaming in mm, and that goes for abundance too people um, stepping into their worth stepping into their mastery of what they're here to offer because each of us has our own separate gifts and talents and passions skill sets and so if we can each tap into our own truth with that and our from a soul guided place of what feels the best to do (laughs) and that's what we know we're meant to do yeah we were having this conversation earlier today so it's very rich very live for me right now that we have this mastery which is our shared life together which has been the total blissful ride spending every night together <laughs> over two years and traveling to different places in the south living in many different situations well it showed up again there is some hesitation still because we yeah we talked about the play shops that was one thing i wanted to mention because we 
Um, you had some hesitation at first when I suggested it, and it's been so perfect once a month up until the lockdown. We were able to get our last one in just before the lockdown. Each of them was totally magical, and the private we did with one couple, mm -hmm. I feel it's very much aligned with our highest purpose, certainly mine. And it can only really be realized in this divine partnership that I feel with you now. And it's interesting that we, we took these photos with our new camera. Mm -hmm. At Zunil, the springs. The beautiful hot springs, hot springs in Zunil. And when we saw them, we're not even naked, partially. Yeah, we're wearing our bathing suits. And, and when we both saw them, some of these photos, I think our response was the same, like, wow, and are we going to show this to anybody? Is <laughs> that there's so much beauty is not pornographic in any way, very erotic. The eros is very evident to me. We're a loving embrace. Well, very intimate. And yeah. To me, it's very sacred, mm -hmm. you know, for us. And mm -hmm. to share that, it would definitely get some attention. <laughs> so it's like, mm, so. do we really want to share our most secret, sacred, mm -hmm. intimate selves? Mm -hmm. uh, but then again, it's... Like rock climbing, you got to get over the spear. You just have to leap and trust <laughs> that the rope and belayer are going to catch you. Well, it makes me laugh too. And I think we're in Guatemala. Um, a lot of people that do this kind of thing end up in places like, like Atitlan, Indonesia, Thailand. Partially for that reason, I think consciously or not, they, they remove themselves from their community, family. There's that freedom of being in a foreign place away from everyone, and those family ties. And just be yourself, do anything you want. Because we know that where there, is, where there isn't fear, that's the problem. That's a red flag. There should always be some element of fear as we move along our path. Otherwise, we're, we're getting lazy in some way. We're stopping the evolution. My teacher, Kittenkar Kalsa, my level two Kundalini teacher training, she always said, lean into the fear, lean mm -hmm. into the mm -hmm. resistance. You, know, you don't want to mm -hmm. push it like ah, full on, mm -hmm. bulldoze it down, but mm -hmm. honor it, lean into it, feel mm -hmm. into it, ask it, what is it trying to tell you? And, it's, and challenge it. Is it, are you real? Are you, are you an illusion? Is there something here I need to learn? And just leaning into it and navigating that uh, with some care and caress and acceptance until you work through it. Beautiful. I'd like to finish with a poem because I feel very inspired today. This piece is called Green Man. It was composed Toronto, Canada, 2004. I am the green man, king of the forest, compassionate and ferocious. I take no prisoners. Cruel and fair, I offer my ear to you, my love and my poison. Drink. See what dreams may come. You may come undone, forever changed. Are you game for this fantastic voyage of trust? I will thrust you into the darkness of your primal deception. Vomit your lies and sweet alibis to be devoured by fools, dangling on a branch above the quicksand of your demise. Remove that guise now. Before it's too late, my power is great. It will burn your lies to smithereens. All truth shall be seen in a flash of illumination. Satnam, your divination is within approximation of my suggestion. 
Stand upright this night and hold on to your hat. This cat knows where it's at. No more sweeping the shat under the mat. What's that, you say? This is your unfoldment day, whether you like it or not. I have no time for foolishness, much less for roguishness. So you may as well flow with it. Juice your mojo and go for it. Bow to my grace. Sing Hallelujah. Allah Akbar Ummani Padmehu Allah Akbar Ummani Padmehu We are one under the sun, the revolution has begun. Prepare to be stunned with a ton of compassion for your fellow humans being momentarily out of time following the sublime rhyme of this holiday fest of love, lustfulness. Go. Be gone. Leave your arms and scram. I am the man of green, unseen to most eyes. Give thanks for the surprise, for you are blessed with the fire of awakening. Go and do your part, lest you desire to be uprooted and torn apart by your greed. It's time to seed truth. Bye-bye. Smile. Remember this moment of enlightenment. It is not for entertainment's sake, that I have contained you here. Fear not, if you have not want to be a despot. Tyranny will rot your soul. Harmony will marry you to God, eternal. The choice is yours. Allah Akbar we thank you for tuning in please make sure to subscribe so as not to miss a single episode we depend on you, our listeners, to build and expand our audience, to share the nod. So, if you like what you hear, please do not hesitate to share with your friends, family, and community. Sat